Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am so happy to be here on a Monday. I have a special guest on the show. He is going to be a regular on the show. That's right. Back for a fifth time, Rob Frazier will join the show shortly as we have got a great show to talk about. I'm going to break down that 49ers and Cowboys game. I had some great shows last week. As we had Rob Frazier on, we had Eric Taylor and Gabe Reynolds. Gabe really brought the passion for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm hoping to get him back on the show as I want to talk about that 49ers-Cowboys game. Because I I wasn't really happy with the way it ended. But overall, a very exciting game. And where do the Cowboys go from here? Is head coach Mike McCarthy on the hot seat now? I mean, he's been on the hot seat before, but does Jerry Jones pull the plug and say, you're gone? Because the clock management and that play call, the quarterback draw with 12 seconds left to go was questionable at best. If you missed it, the rivalry renewed the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys playing each other in super wild card weekend. They have not met in the postseason since 1994 and the San Francisco 49ers were able to get the victory 23 to 17, but it was not easy. I watched this game from start to finish because I know that the detail oriented, I called it. I called it before the game even started. If Jimmy G throws a pick, it's going to completely flip the momentum in that game. And that's exactly what happened because the 49ers were in control up 23 to 7. Luckily, the 49ers defense held on without Nick Bosa and without Fred Warner. They were able to weather the storm, but Dak Prescott coming back with that touchdown run to cut it to 23-17. to The things that were going through my mind as a 49ers fan, oh boy, we're going to lose this game. The Cowboys are going to come back and win this game 24-23. Got off the couch, started pacing back and forth. I started, eyeballs were on the screen the whole time. I was just in a wreck because I thought the 49ers were going to lose this game. A game they clearly were in control of in the first half. The Cowboys made a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties. Man, how many times did Randy Gregory get called for offsides? Or he had that that holding call right at the end was huge. I actually thought that Debo Samuel played an amazing game. When the 49ers, Kwan Williams got that interception and then Debo Samuel ran it in and the 49ers were up 23-7. I was like, okay, don't get tight. And I felt like the 49ers were getting a little bit tight in that fourth quarter, but they were able to hold on. All right, so let's talk about that play at the end of the game. Because I did not like the way that game ended. 
when Dak Prescott with the quarterback draw, you have to let the ref set the ball. But you got to make a hole for the referee. Uh, if you're a smart player, you're going to give the football right to the ref so he can set the ball. But, you know, adrenaline, there's not a whole lot of time. The clock runs out. I think he should have got one second. He was right at the 25-yard line-ish. But really, the smart play call with 12 seconds left to go, you're throwing all these passes out of bounds. You have no timeouts. Take a couple shots in the end zone. That's what you got to do. With 12 seconds, you have an opportunity to take at least two shots in the end zone. And the Cowboys... Even though I felt the 49ers almost gave this game away, the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot with the penalties and the terrible play call. And I think that Jerry Jones will fire head coach Mike McCarthy. This was the year for the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl, or at least to go to the conference championship, which they have not done since 1995. I'm happy the 49ers won. Good luck next week against Green Bay because I don't know if they could beat Green Bay in Lambeau. That is a tall task. Even though the 49ers have been playing great, I still think that is a challenge. And I got all week to preview this 49ers-Packers rivalry because in my lifetime, the 49ers and Packers are just as much of a rivalry as the 49ers-Cowboys. Think of all the times in the late 90s, early 2000s that the 49ers and Packers met in the playoffs. And you have that factor that Aaron Rodgers still holds a grudge for not getting drafted by the 49ers in 2005 when the 49ers decided to go with Alex Smith. So as soon as Rob gets on this show, we'll talk a little bit about this 49ers-Cowboys game. Happy MLK Day to everybody. I know that I'm excited that I'm off work. You got the Columbus Rapids tonight taking on the Rome Gladiators. I will be up at the Civic Center bringing play-by-play. The kids get in free. It's going to be an exciting time at the Columbus Civic Center, and I cannot wait. So I've been busy. Started a new podcast with Matt Austin. It's called Columbus Rapids Weekly. It's going to be a weekly podcast. We did the first episode last week, and I got to tell you, that has taken off. That has got more listeners for an episode than I've ever had in any podcast. It's funny when you put your mind to just one topic, somebody's going to search that topic. And that is the first ever podcast dedicated to the Columbus Rapids. Trust me, I know. I did a search to try to find podcasts dedicated to the Columbus Rapids. And that is the first. Aiden, our public address announcer, did an amazing job with the intro and outro. I got to give him credit Matt and I are going to try to get a guest on for the, for, for the second episode. Head coach Miguel Galindo of the women's team is going to be our first guest. It is going to be exciting. It's kind of going to be like a tune-up for our Off the Walls Coaches show. So I'm looking forward to that. Locally here in Columbus, the River Dragons took one on the chin. They dropped two out of three against the Port Huron Prowlers up in Michigan. And they will have a three-game series this weekend against the Carolina Thunderbirds. And I'm looking forward to seeing the River Dragons as they have been on a tear. They took one on the chin. I watched the broadcast on Saturday night. I actually had uh, the split screen. I was watching the River Dragons on YouTube. Uh, Zach DeBozart just had an amazing goal call. Uh, I'm in awe of him. He's 
obviously the standard when it comes to play-by-play as he is the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus River Dragons and for the Columbus Chattahoots. So that is somebody good to network with. And I was actually watching the Cincinnati Bengals break that playoff drought. They have not won a playoff game since 1991. Yes, there was a controversial call with the ref blowing the whistle and the Bengals got the playoff and scored the touchdown. But the Cincinnati Bengals win their first playoff game in over 30 years. And they will take on the Tennessee Titans next week. I will have Brad Page on the show tomorrow. We'll go ahead and preview that Bengals-Titans game on Saturday. I know he's going to be a great guest. So let's talk about those wild card games on Saturday because Cincinnati was able to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders had their chances, but they kept shooting themselves in the foot with penalties, and the Cincinnati Bengals defeat the Las Vegas Raiders 26-19. Now, in the nightcap, the Buffalo Bills had the perfect offensive game plan against Bill Belichick's defense. This was incredible. It's an incredible stat. Every single drive, except the drives that end the half and ended the game, were touchdowns. No punts. No turnovers. A flawless offensive performance. Somebody give Brian Dable a head coaching job already? Because what he did against Bill Belichick is just incredible. And the Buffalo Bills move on, and they will take on the Kansas City Chiefs, as that will be a rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. Looking forward to that as well. I will preview all the divisional games as we do have a Monday night wild card game. This is exciting. We get an extra day of football as the Los Angeles Rams will take on the division foe Arizona Cardinals. Can Matthew Stafford get his first ever playoff win? There's a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford and the Rams because they pretty much went all in on this season by pretty much buying their team. The Cardinals, no pressure. They, you know, they're happy to be here. Kyler Murray had a very good start of the season. He was an MVP candidate, but they lost DeAndre Hopkins. They lost J.J. Watt. Not a whole lot of pressure on the Cardinals. The pressure falls on the Rams tonight. The winner of this game will take on Tampa Bay because Tom Brady, even without Leonard Fournette, even without Chris Godwin, even without Antonio Brown, still is showing that he is not aging. He's 44 years old, and I think he's going to play another year. He's going to be playing in the NFL at age 45, which is unheard of. Tom Brady just demolished the Philadelphia Eagles, which hats off to the Tampa Bay defense for stopping the run for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts' first playoff game. He had two interceptions. It was shaky for him, but Tampa gets the win 31-15 after up 31-0. They could just coast toward the end of the game. And then the nightcap, well, the Chiefs were playing angry because after T.J. Watt with its strip sack fumble and the Steelers went up 7-0, the Chiefs just went down and Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdown passes and then there was an additional touchdown pass by Travis Kelsey. And the Chiefs really looked like the best team during wildcard weekend, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 42-21. Now, I think it's going to be a much tougher task against Buffalo Because Buffalo looked great as well. I cannot wait for that matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills. But as I get on the show tomorrow and I break down the Bengals-Titans game with Brad Page, the question is, do the Titans have the easiest path to the Super Bowl? Because even though the Bengals have shown that Joe Burrow can throw the ball with Jamar Chase, the Titans have possibly Derrick Henry back. He will come back from IR and... 
the road to the Super Bowl will go through Nashville. That should be fun. Back to local sports. Columbus State Lady Cougars gets the big victory over Augusta. However, the Columbus State Cougars drop a contest to Augusta. You know, they beat them earlier this season. But that was a tough one. And the Cougars are now 11-4 on the season. Their next game will be at the Lumpkin Center on January the 19th against Lander. So it's a rematch of their first ever Peach Belt Conference game this year, which they lost to Lander. That was the game when Lander just shot the lights out. But Langston Gather, he won a Peach Belt Conference Player of the Week last week. And Columbus State still just trying to weather the storm. I mean, it's been a very tough year for the Cougars, especially with the tragedy they have faced with the passing of Anthony Moore. But I think that it's a very exciting watch. I would love to get the coach on, coach head coach Ron Moore. And of course, you could always listen to just a historic broadcast with Hall of Fame play-by-play announcer Scott Miller. That aired on December 21st, if you want to take a look. If you want to listen to that, you can always listen to past podcasts. I've had almost 300 episodes as I'm approaching my 300th episode. I'm also approaching my two-year anniversary. So as always, I'm looking forward to doing this show. Well, I think it's time to bring on Rob Frazier. So stick around. We'll be back with a short commercial break. And when we come back, I will have my former colleague and now sports beat contributor Rob Frazier will be joining the show. You don't want to miss it. Back in a few. Welcome back to the show. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And on the show, making his fifth appearance to the Sports Beat, Rob Frazier. Rob, you're starting to become John Goodman from Saturday Night Live as you have been on the show more than anybody but that's okay because we're gonna have you as a regular contributor to the show so welcome back well thank you richard i appreciate that and uh who's counting right uh we're gonna keep this going hopefully let's keep it going i know you're over in west virginia hope you're staying safe Uh, you showed me pictures of the snow on the ground we had it's a little bit of snow in Columbus. It didn't stick. It, the weather just got a little bit warmer, so there's no ice on the roads. But I hope you're staying safe up in West Virginia. That that was a lot of snow you showed me. Yes, sir. And I think it's a way of the good Lord uh, telling us all to slow down a little bit. All right. Well, let's get right into the show because we had a crazy, super wild card weekend. And it's not done yet because we got a Monday night football game tonight between the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. The winner of that game will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to start with that first game, the Oakland Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Raiders had their chances, but they kept shooting themselves in the foot. But the Cincinnati Bengals, and I know a Bengals fan. I work with one. He is livid because the Bengals exercised playoff demons and won their first playoff game since 1991. Yes, that game was everything we thought it would be. Uh, the Vegas Raiders, they were going to come in and give their very best game, uh, making it into the playoffs uh, on their last regular season game. Uh, so happy for them and their fan base. They've got fans all over the country, too. And what they went through to even make it into the playoffs. So that was a great game. 
uh, lots of good action on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, I love how that game eventually ended uh, for the Bengals fans. And, uh, yeah, they've got, uh, especially where I'm at, where I'm located, uh, lots of uh, fans in in the tri-state area. You know, you think about Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, West Virginia, even down into Kentucky. Uh, So they've got a pretty good fan base, too. And uh, that's a huge win for them and their future. And the Cincinnati Bengals will take on the Tennessee Titans. And I'll have Brad Page on as a guest tomorrow. We'll preview that Bengals-Titans game as he is a lifelong Titans fan. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that upcoming game between the Bengals and the Titans? Uh, offensively, uh, the Bengals, they, they can hang with anybody, um, especially with that young talent. Um, but defensively, they're going up against, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Uh, on paper, anyway, it seems like uh, – the Titans will uh, be favored at least. Uh, and I know you try to keep up with that. Is there an early line on that game already? Yes. I am looking at the early line. And obviously the Titans are going to be favored. They're playing at home. All roads will lead to Nashville in the AFC. Titans are an early three-and-a-half-point favorite, which I'm surprised that the line that's, is not more. Yeah, that's a, that seems a little low. Um It'll probably go up a little bit later in the week, I think, especially if they know for sure that Derrick Henry's going to play. That'll be a good game, exciting game. You know, the Titans The Titans uh, have a way sometimes of of kind of coming out a little slow uh, in, in meaningful games. I've noticed that as a trend with them. Um, you know, they don't normally, you know, just come out in the fourth quarter up 14 to nothing. Uh, so, uh, sometimes that pressure, you know, of your first home game in the playoffs, um, you know, and then sitting out and everything like that, weather, you know, could be a factor if it's cold, you know, I'm sure it'll be cold. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe that's what they're thinking, uh, setting the line that low so far. All right. And the next game on Saturday night was the Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots and what an offensive performance by the Buffalo Bills. All their drives, get this, Rob, all their drives except the drive to end the half and the drive to end the game were touchdowns. Buffalo got touchdown drives on every single drive in the game. Bill Belichick's defense had no answer for Josh Allen. And this is just an incredible offensive performance by the Buffalo Bills. I actually thought this game could go either way. I thought that Belichick's experience in the postseason, well, it's going to have to wait another year because Mac Jones struggled in this game. He threw two picks. He had a quarterback rating of 75. But Josh Allen throws for five touchdown passes. What can you say about this game? Buffalo just enforced their dominance, and their defense did not let New England do what they want to do. And this was a route from start to finish. That game surprised me. Uh, I remember – thinking is this really happening you know uh because it seemed like oh yeah this is going to be a chess match and um man they they came out and just steamrolled them uh in that in that cold weather you know of course they're they're two cold weather teams but yeah strategy wise i'm sure uh old bill had a good game plan but uh didn't seem to matter and um yeah it kind of happens in playoff games i've noticed too a trend that uh if one team uh, really gets up by usually I've seen the trend usually if they get up by 
let me do the math in my head. If they get up by about 17 points, uh, it seems like the other team just I, – I don't want to say quit, but they, they kind of realize that, that uh, you know, unless you're the uh, uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about Tom Brady because yeah. he goes in, Tampa takes on Philly, and he goes up 31 nothing on the Eagles, no Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin, no Leonard Fournette. He – just did whatever he wanted to do. And Philly, that has this incredible run game, was stuffed by the Tampa defense as they only – they rushed for under 100 yards, which was unheard of. A lot of that – there was a big Bart Scott run, but that was late in the game. Yeah, the score, 31-15, to 15, it was a little bit closer than anticipated because the Buccaneers were up 31 nothing, and they could just coast. And that's what they did. And once again – Tom Brady wins another playoff game and he defeats another inexperienced quarterback. And what can you say about the dominant performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, it just goes to show you that uh, if your team going into the playoffs is, uh, you know, heavily dominated by one side of the ball or one particular strength, you know, and you're not a balanced team, uh, it'll come back to get you. Uh, against an experienced team. So we talked about that last week, that Philadelphia, another great story, and and we appreciate that in football. You know, they had a rough start and to even make the playoffs, right? And that's great. As You talk about a loyal fan base there, too, in Philly. Uh, but they were so heavily dependent on the run game that we knew even last week going into this, if their run game got shut down, it would be curtains for them. And then the next game was the game of the weekend. The San Francisco 49ers go into Dallas and defeat their longtime rival, the Dallas Cowboys, 23-17. to But that was, wasn't just the story. The 49ers took the ball, and they ran it down the Cowboys' throats to go up 7 nothing. They put the Cowboys behind the eight ball, went up 23-7. to But then I started getting worried because the 49ers – started playing conservative, up 23-10. to When Jimmy Garoppolo threw that interception, I seriously thought that the Cowboys were going to come back and win this game 24-23, to and they almost did. We'll talk about that. But didn't you feel that the momentum in that game after Jimmy G threw that interception completely flipped to Dallas? It did. Absolutely it did. And uh, credit to them. You know, that's what you do in the playoffs. You you know, if like I said, if you're if you got any chance, like I said, the 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 trend I've noticed is, you know, two touchdowns plus points, uh, the other team uh really struggles to come back. But you know, if you're within two touchdowns, uh, even as late as the fourth quarter of a ball game, you still got a chance. So when that game, when that when that moment happened, I thought the same thing. In fact, I was even scoreboard watching at that time. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. If they get a touchdown here, all they need is an extra point, and they win the game. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. That's my thoughts at that point in the game as well. I started getting nervous, especially when the 49ers lost their two best defenders. Nick Bosa and Fred Warner exited the game due to injuries. The 49ers still got five sacks on Dak Prescott, which was incredible – and when the Cowboys had the ball back down 23 to 17, the first drive, and that pass that Dak Prescott, he was under pressure, and it was just 
inches away from Cedric Wilson. If he would have caught that, I think the Cowboys would have scored there and it would have given Jimmy Garoppolo time to march down the field. But when the 49ers got the ball back, they knew the Cowboys were going to have to burn all three timeouts. They ran the football, and the play call by that double reverse to Debo Samuel, that in my mind, that was a first down. But they moved it back. It was a fourth and inches. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo in his career on a quarterback sneak is 25 for 25. Trent Williams gets the false start penalty. I'm getting nervous as a 49ers fan because now they got to punt the ball back to the Cowboys, even with no timeouts. I seriously thought that they were still going to win this game because Dak Prescott can throw a couple times in the end zone. He was using the sidelines. They were at about the 40 seconds left to go. This could be the worst play call in Cowboys history, and I think this is what is going to get head coach Mike McCarthy fired. A quarterback draw with no timeouts left to go. And you have to wait for the referee to get the football to market. And the Cowboys were hurrying. you got to have better awareness on that play to give the referee the football. Maybe Dak Prescott could have spiked the ball with one second, giving the Cowboys a chance at about the 25-yard line for a little bit easier pass into the end zone. But the Cowboys still could have had a chance. I didn't like the way the game ended. I was happy my team won the game. And you got to, Rob, you got to think about all the disgruntled Cowboy fans this morning thinking, what if? Exactly. Game management, right? And, you know, on the college level, uh, you know, you can understand these type of blunders either from the coaching staff or the, or the players. But at the pro level, uh, game management, you know, that's on the head coach. Uh, and McCarthy has been criticized even when he was with the Packers for game management, losing close games with two minutes or less by making the wrong calls or game management. And then also at the pro level, uh, situational football, uh, you know, your key players are supposed to know uh, what to do. And uh, it seems like uh, that didn't happen. All right. And now we're going to talk about the final game last night. I, I watched a little bit of it, but it- After watching that 49ers-Cowboys game from start to finish, I was like, eh, whatever. And I watched just highlights of it, and I went to sleep. But the Kansas City Chiefs imposed their will on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers go up 7-0 on a strip sack. T.J. Watt runs it into the end zone for the touchdown. And then it seemed like the Chiefs were playing angry. Patrick Mahomes throws for five touchdown passes in the quickest span that no quarterback has ever threw for five touchdown pass, passes in that short of a period. It was just amazing that the Kansas City Chiefs were imposing their will on the Steelers, and they win this game. So we had T.J. Watt had a fumble return. Then Jarek McKinnon, he replaced Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the starting lineup. I remember when he played for Minnesota and played for San Francisco. It seems like It's next man up for Kansas City. It does not matter who's injured. It's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. They're going to find a way to get it done. They win the ball game, and then they got a tough road. It's strength on strength next week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. But what is your thoughts about this game, how the Chiefs impose their will on the Steelers in Big Ben's final game as a Steeler? Well, some of this we saw coming, you know, with the uh, weaknesses uh, 
that the Steelers have this year in terms of players that were available um, or just, you know, that, that road game environment. Uh, it was good for Ben. Uh, he certainly did the best he could. He had, had a pretty good game uh, overall, didn't make too many mistakes from his position. One thing that really uh, was a difference in this game was the play of, of Travis Kelsey, who really seems to um, step it up in the playoffs as well from his position because he's so versatile. Uh, one of the things that he does well is uh, after, after the catch yards, uh, and he had a bunch of those in that game. In fact, he even contributed on a little trick play where uh, he threw a touchdown pass. And I believe also in this game, an offensive lineman caught a pass for a touchdown. Yes. So, so they definitely uh, they definitely pulled out all the tricks offensively uh, in this game. Uh, and then when they go up against the Bills, uh, yeah, the uh, over-under on that game will be interesting to see what the points prediction might be. Uh, and you can certainly cover that later in the week as you get closer to the game. Uh, but, yeah, that'll, that should be, uh, on, on paper anyway, uh, a fun offensive game to watch. And, um, you know, two, two good young quarterbacks there, kind of the future of the league. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, Buffalo's not going to be intimidated either coming into that environment because they're used to playing in cold weather and loud stadiums. And uh, the Bills fans, man, uh, you know, they're hungry for some success as well. All right, Rob, we have one more wild card. If, if wild card weekend wasn't as crazy as it was, we still have one more game tonight. The Los Angeles Rams taking on the Arizona Cardinals. All the pressure on the world is on Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams to win this football game. He is yet to win a playoff game in his NFL career. Who do you got in this game, and what are you looking forward to most about this game tonight? Well, potentially – this this has uh, this has within the storylines and everything. Um, this game has the ability to be the best one of the whole weekend. Now, whether it lives up to that or not, we'll see. Because that that was my other question to you. You know, which game do you think was the best one so far? So we'll withhold that till after this game, because on paper, uh, this game has the potential to be the best one of the whole weekend. Uh, and, and that's because you're looking at, at, at two really skilled offensive teams. Uh, to me, the difference will be uh, whose defense is better in this ball game. And we've talked about this in previous episodes on paper. It should be the Rams that have the better defense. Who's hosting this game, by the way. Oh, it's in LA. That's in LA. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to hedge towards uh, the Rams. I, I think they would, probably be favored in this game uh, most likely um but rams yeah are, rams are favored by three and a half okay all right so that's uh that's the odds that's what everybody's thinking it's going to be a close game uh and hopefully some some a good amount of action and scoring uh we know mcveigh he's you know not afraid to get into a high scoring game and just hope that uh, his team has the ball at the end or, or uh, has a last-second stop. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams on this one, especially with them getting it at home. Uh, and their players are all healthy for the most part um, in those, you know, uh, mid-season or off-season signings. Um, you know, and you never know what Odell's going to do in the playoffs um, as well as kind of an X factor. He, they've been working him in slowly in the last several games as well. So what are your thoughts? I, well, I think the Rams are going to win. All the pressure is on the Rams. They bought the farm to get in 
Vaughn Miller and OBJ and Jalen Ramsey. They pretty much mortgage the future to win now. There's not a whole lot of pressure on the Cardinals. You know, they had DeAndre Hopkins out for the season, JJ Watt out for the season, Kyler Murray in his first playoff game. I'm not sure how he's going to fare. I think there's a coaching mismatch between Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury. I know they're division rivals. I know that they split the season series, but I think the Rams move on. Now, it's going to be a tough road. If the Rams do move on, they would have to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. So I'll preview those divisional games later in the week. But there's one game that's on my mind that is a big one next week, and it's the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. No strangers in the playoffs. When I was a kid, they met in the playoffs in the 95 season, 96, 97, 98, 2001. And then later in life, Aaron Rodgers faced the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers three times. He's 0-3 against the San Francisco 49ers, including in the 2019 NFC Championship. He also lost a home playoff game to the 49ers in 2013. And then in 2012, that famous... Colin Kaepernick breaks the NFL rushing record for 184 yards, and it was a great game going back and forth. Aaron Rodgers has to exercise demons against the San Francisco 49ers. This is a big game for Aaron Rodgers. I know that the Packers had the bye. They are the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. They're favored by five and a half. But this is going to be a tough matchup, even with the bad weather. They don't expect it to get above 20 degrees up in Lambeau. And I think that this matchup favors the 49ers. They played them tough in the beginning of the season, and Aaron Rodgers was able to eke out a 30-28 to win. Thank you to Mason Crosby for kicking the game-winning field goal. But the 49ers had all the momentum, and they were starting off the season 2-0. and And I still think the 49ers are one of the favorites to reach the Super Bowl because I feel like they figured it out. But what do you think about this game? Oh, well, you've got all week, right, to break down the um, the storylines. And, and, and this game is so good that, that you can do that, you know, a little bit uh, each day leading up to it. Lots of storylines with this one, uh, and you mentioned a few of them. Uh, the one thing I'm thinking about early on is uh, you mentioned the two 49ers players who were injured in the last game, and uh, those guys are – or key players uh, for the 49ers. And here's why I bring that up. The, the way to beat Aaron Rodgers uh, is to be in his face and to frustrate him and to take away his throwing lanes and all of that sort of thing. And in a, in, in a cold weather game to be very physical. And uh, that's, that's the recipe I'm sure that the 49ers want to use to, to have their defense uh, impose their will upon them in that cold environment. And uh, before we close the show, I mean, of course, today is MLK Day, a very important day in our country's history. The kids are out of school. It's not just a day where the kids are out of school and we get to enjoy, have a day off from work. And I know that this is a special day, especially you are from Memphis. I used to live in the Atlanta area. I'm about an hour and a half from Montgomery. A lot of history here in the South. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on MLK Day and, and how it's paved the way in our country and, and how it relates to sports as well? It's a very um, important day, uh, regardless of 
of how we see it, you know, we're still young enough that, you know, we weren't alive when, when all this originally happened, but all I know is it's very important. It's very important uh, in Memphis. They, they have the civil rights museum. Uh, it's a, a wonderful place to visit. Um, obviously you and I, with our, our, uh, our Christian beliefs and being men of faith, you know, we understand the importance of racial equality um, and just loving one another and not with no regard for color of skin. And so to me, um, every year when we can have that reminder um, and the connection to sports is this, it paved the way for equality in sports. The reality is I, I know a man in our community that was a pro baseball player during segregation. And he talks about, you know, having to ride the bus. And when they, they get off the bus, they'd have to go to different places and different, you know, uh, all of that, you know, there's people uh, that are still alive today that can still tell the stories of, of what it was like back then. And so I think uh, any opportunity that we have to remember that uh, and try to better ourselves um, and the connection to sports uh, is wonderful. Uh, we see uh, many coaches uh, or have seen many coaches from from back in that era that did everything they could to um break down the segregation in sports. Uh, you remember the sports movie, right, about the um, the basketball team that, that defeated the mighty University of Kentucky uh, back in the day. And, uh, and Glory, Colin, Was it called Glory Road? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was a white uh, basketball coach, uh, you know, that, that paved the way for that. And, uh, you know, stories like that. Um, so, you know, there's different opinions, strong opinions one way or another about how someone should demonstrate. But what I love about this this country and what we stand for is to allow it to be done uh, peacefully, uh, you know, uh, and, and to try and put yourself in someone else's shoes. And uh, that's what I love about days like today. I look forward to the basketball game. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies always host that in the symposium where they honor uh, different players and, and different people every year. Uh, they're hosting the Bulls. Uh, so if you're a basketball fan, that, sh- that should be a really good game uh, later today. The Grizzlies are doing good. The Bulls are doing good this year. So that'll be on TV later today. Uh, but aside from that, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to that and what it means to me uh, being from there um, and how it can uh, help us to think about uh, equality uh, you know, going forward. Yeah, and it, you mentioned the Grizzlies. The Atlanta Hawks are taking on the Milwaukee Bucks as well. So All right. You got, you got the Memphis and Atlanta connection for MLK Day. Uh, Rob, I really appreciate your thoughts, and uh, thank you for joining me on the show. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and close. I'll edit this out. All right. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel, and make sure to leave a comment on the review page on Apple podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google cast, or wherever you get your podcast. So until next time, thank you for joining us and we will talk to you later. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the sports beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on anchor, Spotify, Google cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. 
produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.